When you download the Kroger app, you have easy access to savings every day. Shop weekly sales and get personalized coupons to get the most value out of every trip, every time, whether you shop in-store or online. Download the Kroger app now to save big. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Must have a digital account to redeem offers. Restrictions may apply. See site for details. Save big on your favorites with the buy five or more, save a dollar each sale. Simply buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with your card. Kroger, fresh for everyone. This is Life Admin Life Hacks, a podcast that gives you techniques, tips, and tools to tackle your life admin more efficiently, to save your time, your money, and improve your household harmony. I'm Dinara Roberts, an operations manager, and I use my last two hours of power to focus on solar power and figure out if it was worth it for us. I'm Mia Northrop, a researcher and writer whose interest was truly sparked by this topic and I was shocked to see prices for solar PV systems are still so high. This episode will equip you with the top questions to ask the next time those solar panel call centre people dial your number. Hello and welcome to Life Admin Life Hacks. Before we dive into all things solar, we want to thank our latest reviewers. We had Katie119 on Apple Podcasts who said, so useful and practical Mia and Dinah are such great hosts. Thanks, Katie. She said, I've learned so many super practical time-saving and money-saving tips from this show. Highly recommend. Thank you. We have listeners coming in from New Zealand, the UAE, Hong Kong, Singapore, Austria. Thanks so much for tuning in. Please leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And don't forget, our book, Life Admin Hacks, is now on sale. Thanks to Helen McCabe, who said, my stress levels subsided from the opening page, do it today. So make sure you buy it from your local bookstore or Amazon, Booktopia or anywhere books are sold. So solar, you might have noticed when you look at your electricity plans or bills that energy retailers will show you the feed-in tariff, which is what you could be saving if you use less energy than your rooftop solar electricity system produced and the retailer was paying you for your surplus. Or you might have been driven by the environmentally friendliness of renewable energy to check out whether solar energy is going to be a sustainable choice. You might have been telephoned, and (laughs) be lucky if you haven't, by one of the solar energy call centres who says, you know, we've got these rebates. Have you got panels? Are you interested? And once you get past the annoyance of someone cold calling you, You might have wondered whether one day you should actually sit down and work out the pros and the cons and do the maths. Given that electricity prices in Australia are some of the highest in the world, they keep rising. And Australia is also one of the top 10 sunniest countries in the world in terms of our average hours of sun. There are 3 million homes across Australia that now have rooftop solar systems. But, you know, there's installation costs in the thousands it can be tricky to figure out if it makes financial sense for you. And if so, what system should you get and how to find a reputable installer? So in this episode, we're going to talk about the things you need to know if you're thinking about installing solar panels, how to decide if solar is worth it for you, and how to maximize your return from your solar panels if you've already got them. I, uh, a few years ago, we were traveling in China and we're on the train traveling between different cities. And I remember looking at these cities that we were going past and just seeing solar panels on buildings at a scale that I've never seen in Australia. We certainly have a lot of sun, but I can't say that we've got had the progressive political climate to usher in a lot of the renewable energy options that we've seen elsewhere. 
Yeah, although I think around where I live, I feel like we've always been the odd ones out. Everyone else seems to have lots of solar panels. So I definitely think there's pockets of Australia where solar has been heavily adopted. And certainly a few years ago, there was really some great incentives better than there are now in terms of feed-in tariffs and things. So definitely pockets of solar around the country. Yeah, I grew up in WA in Western Australia and there were so many people had the solar hot, hot water, like that was my first sort of introduction to solar panels because everyone had those little panel systems that just heat your hot water using the sun there. So for, for many of us, this is, you know, it's an economic decision, but it's also an environmental one. There are some people who sort of just want to be independent of energy companies. And for some people, it's quite political. Like when we, when we were researching this and you're researching, like you're going to these various websites it's clear that there's, you know, there's people who are in the sustainability or renewables or green industries or sectors, and then there's people who are in the what's been called the electricity infrastructure establishment. And there's a little bit of, you know, you need to apply a bit of critical thinking to kind of get past some of the agendas and the arguments that are, that are put forward. Yeah, so I do think you need, it's probably the first step in when you're thinking about these things is, why do you, what are your values? Why are you thinking about looking at this? Is it just an economic decision? Is it, you know, an environmental decision? Is it a combination of the two? Or is it actually because of even where you live? Mm. Or you think you're building a house that you're thinking about going off grid, a standalone system um, where you're completely disconnected? So I think that's first step in this decision making process. Yeah. So, Diana, you went through pros and cons because you were legitimately looking at whether you wanted to get solar installed for your home so take us through where you started yeah so I really started with some basic research about understanding how it works so that I felt equipped to really understand what the criteria are I should be thinking about and I sort of found the buying solar guide from the clean energy council is the best place Mm -hmm. to go so we'll put that link in the show notes but they're like the peak body for clean energy in Australia so they have really good easy to understand information. So when we're talking about solar systems we're not talking about earth and the planets revolving around the sun we're talking about solar photovoltaic I can't say it solar I practiced in everything photovoltaic systems which we're now just going to call solar pv that go on your roof so they're rooftop systems they come in different sizes depending on how many kilowatts you want them to pump out and in your research most people do this and they opt to have a system that doesn't include a battery and we'll talk about batteries later yeah so we've got that right that's right so most people get grid connected solar without a battery so that's what we'll talk about first we can talk about batteries a bit at the end so what happens then is when the solar system is producing more energy than your house is consuming all of your household appliances get powered by your solar panels and the excess solar energy that's generated by your panels is fed back, exported into the electricity grid uh, for other people to use. And your energy retailer may pay you a feed-in tariff for the use of that electricity. And the opposite is when the solar system is producing less energy than your household needs, uh, so you actually need more power, so that might be particularly at nighttime when the sun is not Mm. shining, then the solar panels, whatever they're generating, you'll use, but then you'll get the additional sort of top-up power from the grid. So you're still connected to the grid. Your solar panels are just helping, helping it along. Yeah. 
And that's distinct from people who literally want to be off-grid. So they might have a regional or rural property or they just want to be self-sufficient if the apocalypse comes, where you have a standalone system that's not attached to a grid so you don't get a feed-in tariff and you can't export anything. You're just able to use your own energy. That's a different system, yeah? Yep, completely different. Got it. <laughs> so you also need to understand like quite early on to, to understand what the best conditions are for those solar panels. So it's about making sure that you've got a roof that's facing in the right way, so mm. north-facing ideally, not obstructed by tree shade, and also that the pitch is the, of your roof is the right kind of angle. All of those things um, are important to note. So understanding what your roof is and then understanding what the optimal conditions are is kind of early piece of research I think you should sort of get your head around. Yeah, so if you go outside and you realise your roof is south facing it's particularly high there's power lines and tree shade it's at a weird angle it's not very accessible so it would cost a mint to install it that's like the first step you might decide okay you know what this isn't the property for this exercise yeah but if you're not sure like the solar companies certainly I spoke to two in my research um, and they were really good at telling me what my roof meant and they used quite good technology but we'll get to that in a second um, so I think the other thing to be aware of is a kind of basic economics so before you get started before you feel tempted to call anyone up make sure you've got your power bills and you know roughly how much power you use and think about how much you use in the day versus the night as well as whether you might be willing to can change your consumption patterns because obviously these solar panels they generate the power during the day so that means you need to like try and do your washing during the day or your vacuuming during the day or the things that take lots of power mm -hmm. try and do as many of them in the day if you want to make the most of the panels yeah and this is where you might think about your appliances if you have a washing machine or a dryer or a dishwasher that have timers on them so you can delay a program you can put all the stuff in press the button but it doesn't kick in till a certain time then it can help you shift the way you consume your patterns but it's worthwhile becoming mindful and really monitoring you know where yeah how, how is my energy consumption or the household's energy consumption plan out over the day and in the seasons too because you have to factor in the heating air conditioning if you've got a swimming pool that you heat up if you've got multiple fridges or a hot water system that is on electricity how does that consumption change from day to day and season to season yeah so that's really important because the most benefit no matter really where you are is to be gained from solar using the energy yourself so that's consuming your solar energy not from the feed-in tariff back to the grid because a few years ago feed-in tariffs used to be like a money-making exercise because you used to be able to get like 60 cents per kilowatt hour but now it's usually around 8 to 12 cents it, it does vary depending on where you live but generally you really need to think about your own power consumption as the main way of making the most of these panels mm, okay so you've got your roof you've got your energy consumption what else do you have to think about up front so I didn't actually think about this up front but I wish I had of because it would have helped with my decision making but it was how long 
do you plan to stay in your house? And I guess it was only something that occurred to me right near the end of my decision-making criteria. Oh, how annoying. Because it was when I started my spreadsheets that, you know, you know what I'm like, I couldn't help but build my own spreadsheet to compare the options. And when I did that, I was like, mm. hang on, all of these quotes are assuming, you know, 10, 15-year kind of investment decisions. But we've actually been talking about selling this house like in in eight years' time. So we really need to think about that, certainly if you're focusing on the economic reasons because you really need to think about whether it's going to pay off over time. Yeah. So often when you look at, like, say, Choice has a solar estimator you can use. There's all these calculators and there's the warranties for the for the equipment themselves and, you know, that might be, that might be a 10 or a 15-year or a 20-year warranty. If you think you're going to leave that house, you might not get the ROI on the installation and the purchase. And I also think you need to think about how you're going to pay for the system. So do you just have some money lying around? You know, we're talking, you know, between five to 10 grand usually for these systems. So is it money that you might be redrawing out of your home loan? And so you need to also factor in the interest costs that you're going to pay on that amount. Or is it money that you might otherwise be putting into your superannuation or doing something else with? So that might also help you weigh up the investment decision rather than just, you know, it's usually not just, one option there's usually a few different things or choices you can make about what you want to spend your money on yeah so getting to terms with the opportunity cost what else could you be doing with that cash yep if it didn't go into this system okay so once you've really thought through some of that stuff the next thing to do is actually to go just go out and get some quotes so you've done a little bit of research you know what you're thinking about but I would suggest you go and get two to three quotes from providers that are approved by the Clean Energy Council. And there's actually a shortcut mm-hmm. there. There's a couple of different organisations like Solar Quotes where you can actually put your information into their website and they will actually contact three providers who are accredited with the Clean Energy Council that are in your area and then they will contact you and get you the quote um, based on the information you've already put into the website. So they've also got quite a good website, Solar Quotes, but it has so much information on it. To be honest, I found it a little bit overwhelming, but if you're super into trying to research to the end of the earth, I also recommend that Mm. website for some information. And so there are rebates out there, right? There are government rebates available. Did you look at them separately or is that part of the quoting process? Do they come back and tell you which rebates you can get? They do help you with that. So the providers are definitely on top of that because it's kind of part of the sales Mm. process. But you can also research that ahead of time. So there's websites that will help you. The energy.gov.au website has all the rebates that are eligible based on various income levels and where you live. So you can have a look at that ahead of time. But certainly the two providers who I spoke to were 100% on top of all those rebates. And so that, yeah, energy.gov.au has the federal and state rebates. And if you put in your details there, it'll, you know, it spits out what you're eligible for in your state and I know Victoria, there's the Solar Homes Program. They can give you up to $1,850 if you're an owner-occupier or if you're a landlord. There's low-interest loans. But there's, there's eligibility criteria. You know, you have to have, if you own the property or your tenants in the property, you have to have a combined taxable income less than 180 k The property itself can't be valued at over $3 million. So there, there are criteria to to check out and then there's also at the council level there's different councils have their own program so again in victoria 
the local government, 10 councils have this solar savers initiative and that's a bulk buying program. So they will, you're able to access a discount because they've got this bulk buying set up. And again, they've got some quality installers who are accredited and trusted that you can work through. So good to have your head a little bit around that, I guess, before you're going to chat to the suppliers who are giving you the quotes. Yeah. And there's also the STC scheme, which Mm -hmm. is super complicated to get your head around. That program is around small scale technology certificate scheme, and it's basically this thing. And then they get this is federal, right? This is federal, this is Australia. Yeah, but really, the providers almost or in all cases sort all that out for you. And the STC credits are included, like as a discount in your quote. So it's kind of something you don't really need to know a lot of detail about. You just need to be mindful of looking at how much of the STC credit they're passing on to you as part of their quote. And what what's the ballpark credit are we talking about? Are we talking about like $1,000? Yes, I think mine was like $1,015. And it was similar in both of the quotes that I ended up looking at in detail. Okay, so you'll get your quote. It will include whatever rebates you're eligible for. Then how did you decide? So one of the things that I looked at in that Clean Energy Council guide was making sure that the quotes took into account the important things. So the first thing is that they actually give you a system design. It was Mm. kind of a little bit creepy, actually, because when the quotes came back, they came back with pictures of my house um, and they showed me where the panels would be put on the roof. So they used a program called Near Maps, which uses Google Earth to see the shade times at the different time of the year oh, to figure out okay. where they should put the panels to maximise the sun. The quote also should have a performance estimate, itemised list of the components and a clear breakdown of the costs, as well as what the warranty details are. So those are all things that you should make sure that the quote has before you even look any further. And is the performance estimate talking about how many kilowatts it's going to produce each day? Yeah. Yeah. And so both of these quotes came with these like return on investment and payback periods, which all sounded super amazing. And when I first got them, I was like, well, we should do this. Like this makes so much sense. But that's when, you know, the devil is always in the detail because when I, of course, couldn't help myself, tried to recreate their return on investment calculations in my own spreadsheet, Mm. that's when I realised that they were looking over 10 plus years time horizon to get that return on investment. It's not really something that, you know, it's not a short term investment decision. It's a much longer term investment decision. And so I went down a bit of a rabbit hole researching what happens, what's the impact of your property price from getting solar panels. So would we get our money back? Would our house price go up in value Mm -hmm. by putting solar panels on the roof? And actually the evidence is it doesn't, except Mm. in very rare circumstances. And in some cases it actually reduces the value of your house because of the aesthetic. So depending on how you put the panels, if they look a bit ugly, then sometimes it puts people off buying the house, not the other way around. Good to know. Okay. So where did you net out in your decision? So not only did I, you know, have to readjust all of these return estimations because of this time horizon that we were thinking like we might sell our house, but we also have a bit of a tricky house because it's renovated. So we've got two lots of different roof tiles. So one of the things they said to us is, oh, we're going to break at least 30 roof tiles when we install the panels. Mm. So that was already like, oh, that's headache, headache time for us. Like how do we, we don't have 30 spare roof tiles and we certainly don't have 
30 spare roof tiles for the original part of the house at the front, Mm -hmm. which is where people would actually see the roof line. Mm. And those tiles are from the 1930s. And the thought of trying to have to source tiles that look the same was kind of like a headache time. But not only that, when I did the proper spreadsheet calculations and looked at it over eight years, worked out that I'd be way better off financially putting my money into super rather Mm. than into solar panels so you know we've decided not to go ahead at the moment because we're not sure how long we'll stay in the house and we think it's probably a better investment decision to put money into super and we don't want to have to deal with this hassle with roof tiles yeah and so I guess the prime time then is if you are about to do your renovation or you're about to buy a new property because you then if you're thinking okay we're going to be in this house for at least 10 years and we're more likely to get that return of investment other things being equal yeah 100% so if we'd been making this decision when we did our renovation which is when we should have done it which is mm. about uh, 8 years ago now oh, then wow. 100% we would have put the you know put the panels on but at the time I think my brain was just too many decisions and so Mm -hmm. I just couldn't make one more decision and so we never looked at it so Mm. you know I guess them's the breaks if only you'd had a podcast to listen to at that time that's right told you how to do it I hope we've gone to some (laughs) people to 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 embrace solar then because we do know it's the great way to go in terms of the environment okay so that's so that's just your normal solar pv system Then there's the whole solar battery thing. Again, this is something that's still quite expensive in Australia. There's about 110,000 homes in Australia that have home storage batteries installed. And I saw a stat that said about 9% of new solar installations last year included a battery. And the benefit of having a battery is that if you create excess energy, then you can actually store it to use at night time. So not only will you, can you opt into schemes where you might get that kind of feed-in tariff arrangement with the, what are they called? There's like virtual power plant schemes. There's there's ways you can do that. But then you can also just use the energy in the evening or on shady days or, you know, in the winter or whatever. So again, the batteries, the the price, depending on how much capacity they have, they started about four and a half thousand. They can go up to 18,000 depending on the brand and the capacity installation costs extra and similarly to your your normal solar pv system you have to think about how long it's going to take you to pay back how long will you be in that house what's your consumption all of those decisions need to be factored into this as well and they say that again to get the greatest utility from a battery you need to ensure that it'll still be able to fully charge from your solar panels so that you actually you know in the middle of winter when you're receiving the lowest amount of sunlight there should still be enough light to fully charge your battery so you can actually get the most out of it. And I've read quite a bit about this, actually. The people who make the most out of both the, the panels themselves and the ones with the batteries are the people who are willing to change their behaviour, who like mm. to download the apps, check out that they've got the most energy-efficient appliances, really optimise their usage. They do things like making sure they don't run too many appliances at one time because when you do, then you need to draw from the grid. So they mm. will, for example, not vacuum while they're also using in the washing machine and things like that so you you have to really know yourself to know whether this is something you want to you know if you're really into it and really wanting to change your behavior then that's Mm. probably when you should start looking at batteries and and really thinking about that that might be worth it for you there's also rebates for solar batteries so 
So there are battery programs, rebates that are very specific. They're different from state to state. In Victoria, it was only for designated postcodes that already have high solar PV installations and also population growth. So they're trying to encourage it. My postcode wasn't there. Your postcode wasn't there, Dino. We're not eligible. But if you are in one of those designated postcodes, then you can get some some rebates on that battery. And again, there's a household income tax eligibility criteria of 180K. The property has to be valued less than 3 million and you can't actually get the battery rebate and benefit from the solar homes program. You have to have not already benefited from the government in that way. So yes, when I looked at the Solar Choice website and had this very in-depth discussion about batteries, they were saying that, you know, in various scenarios of different usage and different sizes, the benefit from the battery, you won't get that ROI within the warranted lifetime. So these batteries have a certain warranty period and it usually will take longer than that to see any financial you know, the ROI on that. So if you are being motivated purely by finances, wait a bit longer, maybe more rebates will come, the prices will drop, we will be embracing it at some stage. So the other thing that we mentioned briefly before, but solar feed-in tariffs are something that you might already need to be worrying about if you've already got solar panels. So understanding those are important when you're comparing your electricity bill. And as I mentioned, they have been falling across the board. People are being paid less and less for the electricity they export to the grid, and that makes these payback periods longer and longer. So if you live in an area where you can choose your electricity retailer, um, you really need to make sure you're taking that into account when you choose your retailer if you've already got panels. You need to think about that the higher the solar feed-in tariff, so i.e. what you get for exporting power, the lower the discount you'll get on electricity the household draws from the grid. So in order to secure the highest solar feed-in tariff, you need to opt for the plan that offers the lowest discount on electricity imported from the grid. So that means if you usually export a lot of power to the grid, you should look for a plan with the best feed-in tariff And vice versa, if you're only using most of the power your system generates and you're only exporting a tiny bit on occasion, then you should go for the one that's got the highest discount on the power you're using. So really making sure you're taking into account how much you're actually exporting to the grid and not getting sucked into paying too much for the electricity that you do use from the grid if you're only exporting a small amount of power. And it's worth noticing as well, so if you jump on, if you're you're comparison shopping It's worth noticing that in Victoria and Queensland and New South Wales, the way they report around feed-in tariffs is different. So in Victoria and Queensland, they talk about net feed-in tariffs. So this means they only apply to the excess electricity that you export. Whereas in New South Wales, they talk about the gross feed-in tariff, which means you get paid for each kilowatt you export, regardless of how many kilowatts you import. Oh, did everyone's heads just explode? (laughs) And where did you, where can you go? I know CanStar, they've got some good comparison shopping tools about feeding tariffs. Yeah, I had a bit of a dig around and CanStar seemed to have the most comprehensive list of the feed-in tariffs so as always make sure you scroll to the bottom past the promoted results and then you'll see the complete list for each state. You can also use the government comparison sites but when I looked at them they were quite confusing when it comes into taking account both of the feed-in tariff and so sometimes the results are a bit hard to understand whereas the CanStar one presented things in a much better way so um, I recommend having a look at CanStar if you've got solar panels already. Excellent. I will link to those sites in the show notes so you can 
find the appropriate energy site for your state. All right, so Dinah, in summary, you're gonna, I'm gonna guess, what do you think if you buy a new home or your next home? Do you think you'll go down this path if you're going to stay in your next place for more than 10 years? Yeah, so I'll definitely look at it again as soon as we move. So I think that the next house we buy, it'll be kind of, you know, one of my first hours of power, not eight (laughs) years later. (laughs) And I think then, you know, obviously depending on the rebates and also depending on, you know, the type of roof we have, it's definitely Mm. something I would look at again in the future, but just not at the minute. Okay. So we hope these hacks will make you more likely to investigate whether solar is for you because we know it is the sustainable choice. Investigate these renewable energies. Our top hacks are get clarity before you start. Is this going to be a purely environmental or economic decision for you? Or do you want to remove yourself from the grid? Get local. Understand the rebates and feed in relevant to your actual location and get real about your energy consumption. Decide if you're willing to change your behaviours and whether your household can change behaviour to make the most of the investment. Thanks for listening. Show notes for this episode are available at lifeadminlifehacks.com. And if you're a fan, please subscribe and share the love and tell a friend or review us in your podcasting app. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram and LinkedIn. When you download the Kroger app, you have easy access to savings every day. Shop weekly sales and get personalized coupons to get the most value out of every trip, every time, whether you shop in-store or online. Download the Kroger app now to save big. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Must have a digital account to redeem offers. Restrictions may apply. See site for details. Save big on your favorites with the buy five or more, save a dollar each sale. Simply buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with your card. Kroger, fresh for everyone. 